Day three of the Jalene Maxwell or Ghislaine Maxwell or Ghislaine Maxwell, depending on who you are and how you want to pronounce it. I know there have been a multitude of different pronunciations, both in actual court, because there have been jokes about it, and in actual commentary and and different news channels and different writing that a lot of people have been spelling it wrong. A, a lot of people have been spelling it wrong. So, I'm going to say Ghislaine going forward. But, day three of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial has come to an end. And we return to our favorite source, LawAndCrime.com, a Dan Abrams production. Now, we have a couple articles to read. We got... November, uh, we started the November 29th, and then we'll be ending with an article from November 2nd. A lot has happened in the last couple days. I admittedly haven't been keeping track. As you noticed, there wasn't an upload yesterday. My apologies for that. There is no good excuse. Full disclosure, I just came home from work and passed out. My apologies. I clearly own that one. I guess having those technical difficulties for a while kind of got me on a lazy, unmotivated spree for a second. But, without any further ado, let's get into today's stories. So, the first witness in the Jeffrey Epstein substitute trial, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, took the stand today. And we now go to an article from November 29th by Adam Klasfeld. Jeffrey Epstein's ex-pilot takes the stand as witness testimony kicks off in Ghislaine Maxwell's sex trafficking trial. This article, as well as all the others, will be in the description of this podcast. Get into the article itself. I have just found the thumbnail. For this podcast, actually. This lady's banner is quite funny. Moving on. Protesters gather outside the Thurgood Marshall U.S. Courthouse when the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell is being held on November 29th, 2021, in New York City. One sign shows Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Gates, and Donald Trump, and Bill Clinton on Epstein's so called Lolita Express private jet. So called when we know it exists. The doubt, sorry, the debut witness at Ghislaine Maxwell's long-awaited sex trafficking trial, Jeffrey Epstein's former pilot testified on Monday that he flew his former boss around to his various properties about, quote, every four days. Flight records from Epstein's travels around the globe and in between his properties sparked international controversy and the reputation of the Lolita Express members of the in- <clears throat> the international elite who reportedly have taken rides on Epstein's aircraft, including former President Bill Clinton, former President Donald Trump, and UK's prime, sorry, Prince Andrew, and billionaire Bill Gates, actor Kevin Spacey, and model Naomi Campbell. Why does that name sound so familiar? Let me zoom in on this so I can actually read it a little bit better. Can't find my glasses. Sorry about 
the mis called mispronunciations. <clears throat> Flight records from Epstein's travels around the globe and in between his properties. Flight records from Epstein's travels around the globe and in between his properties sparked international controversy and the reputation of the elite express members of the international elite who reportedly have taken rides on Epstein's aircraft, including former President Bill Clinton, former President Donald Trump, and UK's Prince Andrew, billionaire Bill Gates, and actor Kevin Spacey, as well as model Naomi Campbell. One protester lampooned the airline, or the airplane, outside of the Thurgood Marshall Courthouse. On the same day, its former pilot, Lawrence Paul Vizoski Jr. took the witness stand, but he invoked none of those famous figures during day one of his testimony. Vizoski told jurors that he couldn't always tell who boarded the jet, referring to those approaching the plane by car. Vizoski said, quote, I could see the driver and perhaps maybe the passenger. 99% of the cars in Florida have tinted windows, so I probably couldn't see the passengers as well. But depending upon how the car approached the aircraft, if I'm sitting in the cockpit looking down, I was able to see the driver of the car. I would like to draw attention to something here. Tinted windows, so I probably couldn't see the passengers as well. Now, I don't know. It just seems weird to me that he used the word probably. It's sort of a can you or can you not see through the tinted window? I feel like if, if it was just that cut and dry, maybe he'd say something along the lines of most of the time, right? There wouldn't He wouldn't have added probably. That's probably a lawyer or an attorney who whispered in his ears along the lines of, hey, if there's any chance something could come out that incriminates you more, Give yourself as much wiggle room as possible. And here's a word. Your Honor, I didn't say that I, 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 I couldn't see. Oh, Your Honor, I didn't say I could always see. I said I probably couldn't see. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe such a, a gray word legally. Moving on. Question by Assistant U.S. Attorney Maureen Comey. We met her and her father in the previous episode just two days ago, I believe, on this very topic, when day one of this trial, the day that this is taking place, happened. Uh, that episode has a lot more context to the background of who Ghislaine Maxwell is, who the prosecutor is, the judge, the rules, and who the prosecutor is, who the state, or, um, yeah, like, like, like the state's attorney would be. There is, well, she has her own attorney, but there's a, a state-appointed representative who's speaking in this case, too. Uh, all that is in the previous episode on this, so I'm not going to get into too much of the background. We're just going to go with it. Anyway, moving on. Vizoski quickly identified Maxwell inside the courtroom, and he described her relationship with Epstein as, quote, more personal than business. That flies in the face of a lot of what she said. She did say that they dated but most of their interactions were on a business, but she was always sketchy on what the business was. Quote, About how long did the romantic relationship last? Asked Comey, who is the daughter of ex-FBI director James Comey. Estimating the relationship lasted into the, tw- into the 2000s, 
Vizelski hedged, quote, I wouldn't even characterize it as romantic, but more couple-ish than anything else. Quote, I don't think I've ever witnessed them kiss or hold hands. Sorry. Quote, I don't think I've ever witnessed them kiss or hold hands kind of thing, he added. Hired by Epstein in Ohio in 1991, Vizelski described flying his ex-boss around various properties, including his New York City mansion, Santa Fe, New Mexico ranch, and Palm Beach, Florida, and homes on St. Thomas and Little St. James in the U.S. Virginia Islands. By the way, on a side note, that property has been demolished. And if you want to see it, there's a great YouTube channel called We Are Change. The guy who runs that is a journalist. Uh, I think he's actually a hero journalist. Luke Rutkowski. He and a friend snuck onto that property just a few short days after the FBI arrested Epstein. And they went on the property, they explored uh, all sorts of really cool shit before they were chased off the island. I believe when you go to the We Are Change channel, all one word, We Are Change, and you click it, it's the first thing that pops up. Uh, if I remember, I will leave a link to that video into the description of this episode. Uh, back to the article. <clears throat> he described the New York property in detail for the jury, as the prosecutor displayed, displayed photographs of it on the screen. In describing the 9 East 17, 71st Street brownstone in Manhattan, Vizelski told jurors about a, quote, security room in there which housed all the TV monitors that monitored all the outside activity of the house, end quote. A little less than a year after Epstein was found dead in his prison cell, Okay, I haven't read any further into this. I wonder if they just leave it at that, right? Just that a little less than a year after Epstein was found dead in his cell. They didn't say he killed himself. They didn't say he was murdered. They didn't say it was a suicide. None of that. I wonder if they're going to go into one side or the other with this. I I, I bet, one just guess, for reading this guy's article in like the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, that no, they didn't. Max... <clears throat> Maxwell became the first accused co-conspirator of his to be charged by prosecutors. If convicted on all six charges against her, broadly alleged violations uh, violations of the of the Mann Act and sex trafficking tra- and sex trafficking, she can face up to seventy years in prison. The indictment accuses her of victimizing four girls between the ages of fourteen and seventeen between the years of 1995 and 2004 during open opening statements Comey's fellow prosecutor Laura Elizabeth Premieres told jurors that Maxwell and Epstein devised a quote pyramid scheme of abuse Vizelki's direct examination continues on Tuesday morning that being said we will now move into an article from November 30th. Sorry, December 1st. And the second article 
From December 1st, on the same site, LawnCrime.com, a Dan Abrams production. Uh, the article is again by Adam Klasfeld. This is going to be one of those moments where I could actively throw some of my user base into a wood chipper. Mind you, I am recording these articles completely blind. I have not read any of them. So, anything I learn here, I'm learning with you. I'm reading this right now, and I'm potentially going to be throwing a decent chunk of my listeners into a wood chipper. That being said, we now go into the next article for today's upload. Ghislaine Maxwell's accuser, Jane, testifies that Jeffrey Epstein introduced her to Trump at Mar-a-Lago when she was 14. Quote, Jane is, end quote, her, uh, her alias for the court case is Jane. I'm not going to do a, a quote every time they say Jane, but just know that when I talk about Jane, you, uh, whatever. Jane, the first accuser to testify against Ghislaine Maxwell at her sex trafficking trial, agreed that Jeffrey Epstein introduced her to Donald Trump when she was 14 years old, long before he became the U.S. president. Quote, Mr. Epstein introduced you to Donald Trump, correct? Maxwell's attorney, Laura Laura Menninger, asked. Jane answered in the affirmative. Pressed by Menninger, Jane agreed that she said Epstein drove her to Mar-a-Lago in a dark green car when she was 14. The defense attorney did not explore the alleged interaction much further during her questioning. Jane did did not make any allegation about abuse or any type of wrongdoing by the man who would later become the 45th president of the United States. I know there was that Netflix documentary. I never actually watched it, but I did see a clip, or I was told at least, uh, by a bunch of people who watched it, because I knew people were angry. Um, I'll see if I can find the clip. If I can, I'll put it in here. Apparently, one of the people in the Jeffrey Epstein Netflix documentary said that she witnessed like Trump and Epstein having a massive argument and Trump kicking him out of like uh, Mar-a-Lago. And that Trump never did anything to her. Again, uh, that might not be true. If I can find a clip of it, I'll put the audio in here for you guys and a link to the video. Uh, I just remember that as being something I heard. I was actually expecting to hear. Uh, I was actually kind of expecting to hear some some really fucked up shit or disheartening shit. I wasn't looking forward to hearing it. I was, you know, I was expecting for the worst. I'm pretty black pill on a lot of things. Moving on. Footage released by NBC News in 2019 showed Trump and Epstein partying at Mar-a-Lago all the way back in 1992. In 2002, Trump told a reporter for the New York Magazine, who was profiling Epstein, quote, I've known Jeff for 15 years. I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. Trump reportedly added, quote, it's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side, no doubt about it. Jeffrey Epstein just enjoys his social life. Ew. Ew. Gross. Younger side. 
Man, it's hard not to like look for, for a hint in that, isn't it? Younger side. Like, like, like are, are you insinuating something with that? Or do you just mean like, you know, he, he was like 35 going after like 20 year olds? Uh, moving on. X, Epstein's ex-pilot, Lawrence Vizalski, the Maxwell the Maxwell trial's first witness placed Trump on Epstein's plane more than once, I believe, end quote. Trump distanced himself from Epstein after the late, the later's arrest in 2019. Quote, I've had a falling out with him a long time ago. Trump said at the time, quote, I don't think I've spoken to him in 15 years. I wasn't a fan. just doesn't attract, does it? Really doesn't. Hmm. Again, uh, if I can find that clip, I'll put it in here, but take, take what I said earlier with a grain of salt. This is a very dark case. Anyone who can is separating themselves away from it. Who knows? Maybe, um... Maybe there wasn't that much voter fraud, and the main reason Trump was was uh, pushing the whole a whole fraud narrative, maybe because this court case was coming up and he wanted that presidential immunity from it. Hey, who knows? Who the fuck knows? I'm not saying it's true or anything. It's just food for thought. It's just weird because you know we we have the quote where he says he's a terrific guy. That's an easy enough quote to find. Yeah, it's not, it's not a particularly hard one to find. So, side note. I just try to find clips of Trump saying, uh, saying that that seems a terrific guy and saying I'm not a fan of it. I cannot find any clips of just that. Normally what I do is I find a clip on YouTube, just a random sound clip, and I'll download it, put it on the show. All I can find is like tw- like 10 minute news segments just talking about it. I don't show footage of it, they just show like a clip, or they just show like a two second clip of, of him saying, I'm not a fan of him in like the Oval Office. Weird. Really weird. Oh. I guess let's uh... Let's move on. Trump wished Max a- Maxwell well after her arrest in 2020. Trump was not overly po- <clears throat> Trump was not the only powerful person's name to come up during the Jane's testimony. It's weird because it's Jane's in brackets. It's not her real name, so they're calling her like Jane Doe, the Jane. Quote: You remember Prince Andrew being on a flight with you? Meninger asked. Jane agreed, said yes, without making any allegations against the British royal. Okay, well, we we have receipts that showed very incriminating, um, well, well, he got kicked out of the royal family, didn't he? They disowned him. They disavowed him because of the evidence that came out and the photos that came out. So she didn't, 
to accuse him of anything inappropriate. She didn't, and he didn't accuse. She didn't accuse Trump of anything inappropriate. I wonder. These exchanges took place on Jane's second day of testimony. During her cross-examination by Maxwell's lawyer, Jane, who was testifying under pseudonym, obviously, to protect her privacy, alleged a day earlier that Epstein and Maxwell both sexually abused her. So, so, she says Jelaine, or she says Ghislaine and Epstein molested her and and sexually abused her, but they didn't. She didn't say anything about Trump or Andrew. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, abused her when she was 14 years old. Maxwell fondled her breast, and Epstein sexually abused her by. Hold on. Give, give me. I know this isn't professional. Alright. But, you know. I'm going to fucking read this. And I don't want to. Alright. This shit is disturbing. This is dark. This is fucked up. And I'll be damned if I read any of this sober. So. Enjoy, enjoy the nice music for a second. Ugh, man. You don't just get to, like, this, this last words, right? The thing is, when I'm reading this, right, I'm reading this, and it's not what he did, necessarily, that bothers me. Because I still listen to Louis C.K., Right? No, no, no. It's the fact that this is a 14-year-old. This is a kid. That's what makes this hard to read. That's the sole context that makes me have a difficulty reading this because it doesn't quite process. Hmm. Or get too into it, man. This dispo I go to, I got a really good deal going. Carts for a full gram are twenty five dollars a piece, or it's five for twenty five, or it's five for a hundred. That's basically buy four get one free. It's a free twenty five dollars right there. I never do it because you know one cart lasts me like two and a half three weeks. <coughs> I only uh. I only smoke sativa though. I don't like indica or hybrid. You know, with indica or hybrid, you, you can never tell. Like, like, like with hybrid, you can never tell what's a dominant indica. And I don't like downers. You know, I don't like sleepy. And and, and really brace yourselves, man. I can tell that this is this is gonna go into some shit. Fuck circus peanuts. That's the worst candy on the planet. Moving on. <coughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, let's get through this hell. 
Epstein and Maxwell both sexually abused her when she was 14 years old. Maxwell fondled her breasts and Epstein sexually abused her by masturbating on her, using painful sex toys on her, and involving her on multiple occasions in an orgy, Jane claimed. On Wednesday morning, Jane spent the better part of the morning trying to undermine trying to undermine her memory of events. Did I lose something? On Wednesday morning, Jane spent the better part of the morning trying to undermine her memory of events that took place as far back as 1994. Okay. Oh, just weird word structure. Okay. Throughout her cross-examination, Minninger tried to suggest that Jane's memory was inconsistent with what notes suggested suggests that she told the govern the government in 2019. Jane insisted repeatedly during cross-examination that many of her notes were inaccurate. Oh, okay, wait. Jane insisted repeatedly during cross-examination that many of her notes were inaccurate. So the victim herself says that her her, her notes are not correct. This is weird. That's weird. Oh. She said that in 2019, so it's not like... It's not like she made, like, a fresh report after it happened. And then years ago, mind she's misremembered it. I don't know, she just said this little song and dance two years ago before Epstein was killed. And you really gotta take into account, man. A lot of people, a lot of people, including me, believe Epstein was murdered. Alright. A lot of people believe that. And that's not just some crazy QAnon bullshit, though. Disclaimer here. If you're in QAnon, you're... I got a fucking British to sell you. I'll put it like that. That's stupid. But... Uh, it, it's, a, not a, it's a quite common belief that Epstein did not, in fact, kill himself. Right? And you have these people. How many of these jurors? How many of these witnesses that in 2019 when Epstein was alive? Sorry. How many jurors, too, might be worried about it now that I think about it? Anybody in this court case, right? And, like, this lady, for example, Jane, as they're calling her, she gave her, her statement to the government in 2019 when Epstein was still alive. You know? When Epstein was still, was still kicking. And now he's dead, and most people will assume he was murdered... Maybe this witness is, is afraid to tell the truth, so she's saying uh, maybe a different song and dance. Maybe she, she, she's dumbing down what really happened. Uh, I guess, like I said, I go to these, I'm going into these articles here particularly blind. Normally I would read more on it, but I, I, I don't. I want I want I want to experience this case with you guys. You know, and this is a case that's really being buried. So anything I, I might get on what happened, I've gathered through people offhandedly commenting about it or memes. So for the most part, this is all all uh, my first-hand experience with you. So it, I find it interesting that the story that she told in 2019 is inconsistent and inaccurate to what she's saying now on, on, on the stand. So she's uh, essentially could be committing perjury on the stand right now. You have to wonder why did she lie to the government then, or is why, or why did she tell the truth to the government then and lied on trial now, 
or why is she telling the truth on trial now that lied to the government then? And somewhere between 2019 and 2021, while she's on the stand, Epstein, Epstein, uh, unalived. You know, he just unalived. So you gotta keep that in mind. Maybe that's playing a, a, a role in this. Plus, a lot of people who've been connected to Epstein have ended up, uh, someone committed suicide on them. You know? So, so, so you gotta wonder how many of these people on the stand are, are sitting there with that in the back of their mind. But, let's move on. Quote, This is just someone jotting down notes, she said. Mitchell Epner, a former federal prosecutor who led intake on sex trafficking cases in the District of New Jersey in 2003 and 2004, broke down the law on these exchanges in an interview. Quote, The questions... To Jane about her alleged prior inconsistent statements are governed by federal rule on evidence 613 Epner told Law and Crime quote the witness can be questioned but the judge has discretion whether to allow ex- extrinsic evidence from those prior statements like FBI's 302's ordinary ordinarily and FBI 302 specifically recites or receipts that it is not verbatim, not a verbatim record on the interview to avoid it being placed into evidence. Okay, so it's just the witness can the what the witness can be questioned, but the judge has discretion whether to allow extri- extrinsic evidence. Of those prior statements, like FBI 302s, ordinarily an FBI 302 specifically recites that it is not a verbatim record of the interview to avoid it being placed into evidence. Which means she gave, apparently, uh, an FBI 302, which apparently is when they take down like a rough summary. It sounds like. It sounds like what it is is they take down like a rough summary of what you're saying for some fucking reason. And since it's just a rough takedown of what you're saying, I guess it's not supposed to be submitted into evidence. Weird. Weird. I've never heard of such a thing. Jane is the witness whose allegations prosecutors told in the first sentence of the government's opening statement on Monday. In addition to attacking her memory, Maxwell's attorneys have suggested that she is financially motivated. Seeking to stave off this line of argument, prosecutors anticipated the matter on direct examination where Jane acknowledged having received a $5 million settlement after legal fees and expenses approximately $2.9 million went to her, she testified. Wow, so Jane did get a payday. When approached by a man and a woman who... uh, Sorry. When approached by a man and a woman that... At camp, prosecutors... Wait, what? When approached by a man and a woman at camp, prosecutors said Jane did not know the pair were dangerous predators... Maxwell pled not guilty to six counts of sex trafficking and violations of the Mann Act, that's spelled M-A-N-N, Act, 
and her attorney, Bobby Sternum. Bobby Sternum? You, you, you met a lawyer named Bobby Sternum. Spelled B O B B I. Sternum. And you're like, yeah, that's my guy. Bobby Sternum. Bob Sternum. Really? Okay. What if he has like a really like fancy British accent? Oh, I'm Bobby Sternum. Indubitably. Oh, your honor. Indubitably. Bobby Sternum. Sternum. Told a jury that Maxwell is. Quote, lightning rod. Oh, that guy. Okay. Being treated as a stand-in for Epstein, whose death in a federal jail scuttled the prosecution. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this is she's sort of like the substitute for Epstein because they didn't get a chance to get to Epstein because someone committed suicide on him. But moving on to the next article, and again, all these articles will be cited in the description of this podcast and they're all from the same site by the same author the author is Adam Klasfeld and the article is Law and Crime this one is Ghislaine Maxwell's accuser Jane testifies that Jeffrey Epstein introduced her to Trump at Mar-a-Lago when she was 14 though what's interesting about this is a couple things one so what we've gathered here for summary is the Jane has told told the government a different story in 2019 than what she said said today today as of this recording by the way what she said on the stand on trial today was different than what she told the government in 2019 and remind you between when she talked to the government and Ep- and her trial or being on the stand today Epstein committed suicide uh, committed murder suicide. So, there's that to keep in mind. She also... We know Prince Andrew, because there's overwhelming evidence, not to mention this evidence was so was considered so valid that the royal family denounced him. So, I, I'm willing to say that it's good enough to say it's real, but allegedly, if you want to play legal games. So, we know... We know Prince Andrew did some really sketch shit that involved minors and underage women. But she did not go into detail about him. She also did not go into detail about Donald Trump. Interesting. And again, I went looking for for clips to try and put in here. And I'm realizing, finding actual audio clips that aren't just like news. With like a bunch of people talking about it or some sort of effect over it. It is damn near impossible. But we got more articles to get through, so let's get right into them. But sticking to the topic of the Jane, all right, ex boyfriend. Of Ghislaine Maxwell's accuser takes witness stand, says Jane, called Jeffrey Epstein Godfather. Published December 1st. Oh, sorry, that article, the last article I read it. Okay, that is from December 1st, so today is December 2nd. Okay, so no, no, no. These two testimonies 
are from yesterday. My apologies, I just wanted to correct the timing on these. So that article and this article are both from yesterday, but it'll be two days ago as of the time of this recording. So December 1st was Wednesday. So these testimonies are from Wednesday. (laughs) Immediately after dramatic and emotional testimony, the ex-boyfriend of Ghislaine Maxwell's star accuser took the witness stand on Wednesday to tell a jury that he heard key aspects of Jane's testimony. Matt told a jury that Jane told him Jeffrey Epstein was her godfather. The witness said Jane exploded when he pressed her about the financial support the now-deceased financier gave her. Quote, Matt, the money wasn't fucking free. Matt recounted Jane saying. So Matt will be the uh, alias of the ex-boyfriend. The government called Matt, who is testifying under an assumed name to protect, ah, sorry, to protect the identity of his pseudonym. Ex-girlfriend immediately after two days of harrowing testimony by Jane, that Maxwell and Epstein sexually abused her when she was 14 years old. "Quote: The most shameful, deepest secrets." That's just the uh, the title of this next chunk of the article. On her first day of testimony on Tuesday, Jane claimed that Maxwell fondled her breast. She also said that Epstein masturbated on her and subjected her to painful abuse with sex toys and forced her to perform various sex acts. She also testified that an orgy took place on multiple occasions with Maxwell, Epstein, and others in the massage room. Maxwell's attorney, Laura Minninger, grilled Jane on what she described on her shifting memories of those alleged incidents on Wednesday. Comparing that she, comparing what she said with the government's notes of their interviews, the witness pushed back occasionally at what the defense attorney described as inconsistencies and conceded other discrepancies between her testimony and what she initially told prosecutors, quote, It is true that you do not recall Ghislaine ever touching you, Minger asked. Quote, That's not true, she replied. Asked whether she told the government she was not sure Maxwell ever kissed her, she replied, quote, I don't recall. Quote, you told the government that Ghislaine never saw you perform oral sex on Epstein, correct? Minninger asked. Quote, that's correct, she replied. So she told the government previously that Ghislaine never saw that. Okay. During other portions of cross-examination, Minninger pressed Jane on comments to law enforcement that Maxwell took her to see The Lion King on Broadway in New York City and celebrated the late journalist Mike Wallace's 80th birthday. Whoa, whoa, Mike Wallace is in on this? Dude. Dude, he's old news. He's from, uh... 
Oh, what's his fucking name? Oh, well. I cannot remember the name of that famous journalist who covered Vietnam. Oh, well. Weird. Michael Wallace is that's not a connection that I saw coming. But moving on! The timeline of these events did not align with Jane's story, Miniger suggested. The defense attorney also tried to undermine Jane's testimony that she had a difficult family life and focused on her career as a soap opera actress to suggest that she was experienced in creating melodrama. On direct... On redirect, Assistant U.S. Attorney Allison Moe prompted Jane to explain why she may have been reluctant to tell prosecutors every detail of her story during their first meeting. Her voice cracking, Jane answered, <laughs> because, quote, because I was sitting in a room full of strangers and telling them the most shameful, deepest secrets. Ah, that's where the headline came in. There's the title. That I've ever that I've been carrying around with me my whole life. Quote, how do you think I got the money, Mom? This does they even have titles in here like it's soap opera. Oh, I think that's ah, that's why they did it. Makes sense, makes sense now. Moving on. Seeking to bolster the claims of the of a star witness. Prosecutors called Matt. A fellow TV actor who lived with her for years to back up key aspects of Jane's difficult family life. Jane previously told jurors that Matt was one of few people she confided in about Epstein. Quote, While we were together, did you ever tell Matt that you'd been sexually abused by Maxwell and Epstein? Jane was asked on Tuesday. Yes, she responded. Matt said that he remembered Jane telling him about her father's death, her financial troubles, and her accusatory comments to her mother. Oh, what are those? How do you think I got the money, Mom? He recalled her saying. His brief testimony, lasting only a matter of minutes, alluded to sexual abuse only indirectly, with Maxwell's attorney steadily firing off heresy objections, or hearsay objections. Quote, the beginning of when my life would change forever. Jane acknowledged having received $5 million, a $5 million settlement. After legal fees and expenses, approximately $2.9 million went to her, she testified. Seeking to undermine that attack, Assistant U.S. Attorney Moe asked on redirect examination, quote, Jane, in your own words, can you tell the jury what that money meant to you? Jane broke down crying at the question, wiping her eyes with a tissue on the witness stand. Quote, I wish I never received that money. In the first place, because of what happened, she said, quote, You know, when you're seeking some sort of closure, and I guess, <laughs> pardon me, seeking some kind of closure, and I guess in, you know, laws in this country, Compensation is the only thing you can get to try and move on with your life. And for the, you know, pain and abuse and suffering that I received. 
and all out of the out-of-pocket money I paid to try and make this go away and to try and fix myself. End quote. Asked earlier why she remembers the first time she says Jeffrey Epstein sexually abused her more clearly than other events, she responded, quote, because it's the beginning of when my life would change forever. End quote. Maxwell's defense team declined to cross-examine Matt, whose testimony was over in minutes. Proceedings ended with a final witness called to collaborate portions of Jane's testimony. Daniel Besselson, who is now Assistant Vice President of Finance at Interlochen, the prestigious Michigan Arts Academy where Jane said she met Epstein and Maxwell. Hey, look! Michigan. Showing up in the darndest of places. Blessinson confirmed that Epstein was, he- was a heavy donor and sought to have Jeffrey Epstein Scholarship Lodge built. Oh, man. Prosecutors entered a photograph of the structure into evidence. Okay. And the story was updated December 2nd at 9.13 a.m. The story has been updated to add more details from Jane and Matt's testimony. And with that, we move on to the final article for this morning's upload. And we will go on to that last article after this message. The disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Did he kill himself? Was he killed? There was something happening here that was bigger than just Jeffrey Epstein. this Gatsby-like figure of mystery. He was stunningly rich. He had a $20 million house, his own private island in the Caribbean. He has a nickname, the Pedophile Island. In 2005, the Palm Beach Police Department received reports of young women going to and from his residence. There was an ever-revolving door of girls. Who else was underage? All of them. Those girls brought other girls, too. It's a train, and it goes on and on and on. This case would put him in prison the rest of his life. Have you ever solicited a minor for prostitution? I'm going to invoke my Fifth Amendment right. Somehow, his lawyers had worked out a deal with the U.S. Attorney's Office. There was more evidence of the fact he was powerful, and he could fix whatever thing came up. This case was one of the worst failures of the criminal justice system. There was no way that anybody could look at this and think this was okay. There are enough survivors that refuse to give up. I want justice. He's dead, but he did not act alone. None of them have been held accountable. Start digging into his life pulling out this spider web of people. This is the tip of a much bigger iceberg. Take them down. Take everybody down. The monsters are still out there. You took our freedom. Now we're going to take yours. 
Welcome back! We now move on to the final article for today's upload. Well, this morning's upload. She looked young! Jeffrey Epstein's former house manager backs up testimony by Ghislaine Maxwell Accuser. Published December 2nd, the day of this recording. During blockbuster testimony on Thursday, the man who ran the late Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach home corroborated uh, important aspects of stories told by Ghislaine Maxwell Accuser, saying that he twice saw the duo with girls who appear to be, quote, underage. One of those accusers, Jane, delivered harrowing testimony under the pseudonym for two days earlier this week. The other, Virginia... Uh... Virginia Goffrey filed a since-settled civil lawsuit against Maxwell years ago that helped spark the accused sex traffickers' criminal prosecution. Quote, Who did you meet first, Jane or Virginia? Assistant U.S. Attorney Maureen Comey, the daughter of ex-FBI Director James Comey, asked. Jane answered, Juan Alessi, a 71-year-old former house manager for Epstein between 1990 and 2002. News organizations are not printing her name to protect her privacy. As she says, she does not consent to being identified as someone who survived childhood sexual abuse. Observing her name privately from the witness stand, Alessi said he saw Jane's real name in Epstein's in one of Epstein's directories. The first time the ex-house manager met Goffrey was at former President Donald Trump's Palm Beach Club Mar-a-Lago, Alessi said, quote, She looked young. She had blonde hair. She had a long white uniform like the nurses, the witness said of Goffrey. Born Virginia Roberts, Goffrey is not believed to be one of the, quote, minor victims, end quote, listed in Maxwell's indictment. But she sat for civil dispositions against her. Moving on to the next part. Quote, up to three massages per day, end quote. Uh, might need another hit to get to this one. It already sounds fucking horrifying. As for Jane, Alessi had similar reactions to her express... Sorry. As for Jane, Alessi had a similar reaction to her as expressed earlier in the trial by Epstein's pilot, Lawrence Vizoski, who recalled her as a girl with the, quote, piercing powdered blue eyes. End quote. That's just Alessi also marveled at her, quote, blue eyes and long brunette hair. What the fuck? You guys are, you are all sus. Then again, I mean, this is a, a, a child sex trafficker's trial, and these are the people who are around her, so you know what? 
Yeah, they're all kind of sus, I guess. Understatement of the fucking century. Quote, Strikingly beautiful girl, Alessi said of Jane. During her two-day stint on the witness stand, Jane told jurors that Maxwell and Epstein both sexually abused her when she was 14 years old. Maxwell touched her breasts and Epstein subjected her to painful abuse with a back massager being used as a sex toy, she charged. On multiple occasions, Jane said an orgy broke out with Epstein, Maxwell, and other women in the room. She, like numerous Epstein accusers, testified about massages that allegedly escalated to sexual assault. Alessi testified that Epstein received up to, quote, three massages per day. In the morning, in the afternoon, and after dinner. He also said that he found, uh, found, quote, a large dildo, end quote, in Epstein's massage room. Quote, God damn it. Do I want these senses associated with my voice to ever be possibly clipped into sound bites? <laughs> Fuck. Alright, quote, it looked like a huge man's penis with two heads. Uh, so, so, like, it looked like a huge dick, or, like, a huge man's dick, like, 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 like a big guy, but maybe get, like, an average dick, so, like, 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 like it's good size, but, like, proportionally, you know, it looks kind of small on him, even though it's, like, average size to, for, like, most people. I, I'm trying to interject some humor. This is a really bleak, dark topic. But no one else is fucking talking about it on the mainstream media any fucking where. So, you know... I'm Work with me here, alright? I'm just as disturbed as you hopefully are. Just trying to, uh... Fuck it, you know what? We're gonna get right back into it, alright, bud? Just for, just for a second, let's just... Let's just take a break, alright? Let's just take a break. This is this episode has a lot of very dark topics. I mean, of course it's going to, right? This isn't you're just gonna, gonna gonna hear on like your normal news talk radio. See, this isn't even the kind of shit C-SPAN would probably cover. It would be like a passing conversation on C-SPAN, not for any suspicious reasons. It's just not strictly the kind of thing that C-SPAN would necessarily cover. Uh, outside of like maybe Trump and a couple other politicians involved in. You're more likely to hear about it on, like, Washington Journal, and that's it. I mean, it's on, like, what, 10 a.m.? I haven't watched an episode of Washington Journal in, like, eight months. I'll be completely honest. It's a great show, though, if you, if you can catch on C-SPAN. Uh, honestly, C-SPAN's, like, the best place to get, like, find out what's going on in the world of politics, man. You get completely unbiased. Like, they've... I always tell people this. They've fired their fucking show people for showing political bias. Like, they're very strict on that. Ugh. Got this, uh, yeah, this really good G Fuel. It's, uh, inspired by Rug. I guess this guy's name is Rug. Hey, here's a healthier energy drink. I was drinking Bangs for a minute. 
But uh, after a while, man, that flavor just, I don't like it. Trying these out. It's supposed to be like like really healthy for you. It's all right. Oh, this is like sour chug jug, I, I believe is what this one's called. It's all right. It's not very sour. It's kind of like a like a diet rip it, you know. That's pretty good. I like it. I gotta drink a couple more of these. Uh, I'm not I'm not phenomenally uh, I'm not thrilled about the price. It was like uh. It's like 350 but you know i looked at it no it was like 250 i'm sorry it, it said limited edition and i was just like yeah fuck it you know i i uh it's kind of stupid right but i like to collect like I, I know i'm just rambling here i'm sorry i i know i'm just breaking away from from the news from all the news randomly but we've been We've been just reading about horrific deeds done against helpless children who can't do shit, right? I'm just trying to... We just need a break, right? This is the last article. We got a lot more to get through. I just want to take a moment to just, you know, wipe. Just just fucking wipe the slate clean before we go back into it. Give us all a, a fucking breather. You know? You know, I actually, I, I got a couple friends who are big in the QAnon shit. And you have any idea how tempting I am? How, like, it's so tempting to just have them on this fucking show. Just as a guest. Just let me go fucking ham, dude. Oh my god, they, I get my phone blown up. They're like, dude, look, look. See this article? Let's go down. It's from some, like, like Patriot, uh, PatriotNews.com or, or, or We the People Have a Voice WordPress. <laughs> some nameless fucking opinion piece that, that, that's being parade around his news. And I know not all QAnon people, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck. It's nonsense, and it makes it makes every conservative look bad because it gives... Because, you know, that's such a tiny... It's like not even a 1% of, of the entire, like, you know, multiple... Multiple what? Million plus? Whatever. The, the people who... It's like not even one percent of the people who voted for Trump, right? But, but you know, it just takes running into one of those fucking people with no context to just get like, wow, that's what they're all like. It fucking, but man, they're blowing up like, like, like they're just fucking like Julian Maxwell's going down. Look at all these articles. I'm like, dog, these are just people talking shit. But man, I'm almost. I've been thinking about it. But they might say some, like, really stupid shit, and, and then I'll have to go back and, like, edit a bunch of shit out, and that's kind of, like, what's stopping me from doing it, really. Because I wanted them to, like, ramble and give, like, real names and shit, and then have to go back and delete all that. Or them to just, like, I, I don't know. They're good people, you know? They, they just, you know, they, they got into that whole, like... Like, uh, oh, what's it called? It's that, it's that fucking ARG. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, an ARG they're just stuck in. They're cool people. We get along great. We play, so, we, we play disc golf together. Love disc golf. But, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'll change my mind and have them on the show. I mean, they'd be doing most of the talking. It's, it, 
Tell me in the comments uh, on whichever platform you may be listening to if you think I should have him on like a QAnon person. I'm just really worried about that being the podcast that goes viral and people think I'm like the QAnon host dude. Because, goddamn, they're fucking stupid. They are so goddamn retarded. I need to quit being that mean. Like I said, I know people who believe this shit, but you hear them talk about it. It's just like the most mind numbing. Mental gymnastics, back-breaking, bending of the fucking reality around you, ever. Every other topic, right? Almost every other topic, we can get along and, and talk reasonably. Be it, like, the economy, sports, movies, any of that shit, right? For the most part. I'm sure the movie might set off a conversation, but that's either here or there. But, you know, for the most part, they're really cool people. It's just that one fucking thing, and it just throws the entire fucking. God, I hate that shit. And the only reason, the only reason I'm even thinking about them right now, is because you may have heard it on the recording earlier. My phone went off. That was a fucking text from one of them. It's like it's a goddamn book. It's a goddamn book, man. I open it, I look at the message. Dude, I had to scroll. I had to, like, swipe on my phone, like, three times. Just let that bitch keep going. And I'm not reading it, man. The first thing was, like, now you see this leaked document from the trial. But it's like, can you talk about this on your podcast, man? No, I don't. No, and I tell them. I tell them all the time. I'm like, dude, if you really want to get out there and talk about it, you make a thing. You make a fucking podcast. You go spread your crazy cult nonsense. I'm not peddling your horse shit here. I shoot. I I'm down to hear a conversation about voter fraud and shit. It happened. We can debate to what level. Uh, I tend to think it. I tend to think it played a significant role. At least a couple states could be flipped if you know they did a full forensic audit. Or we could find out if he did win a few states, even if they don't flip them. Because we're finding, we found a handful of counties that showed mass fraud, but we haven't found, like, necessarily states yet. But not a whole bunch of states have necessarily made moves on their voter fraud yet. There's Arizona, yes. Uh, Florida was, but they backtracked. Uh, Texas is still getting everything in line to do theirs. It's a massive state, so it's going to take a while, because they got to hand count all these fucking votes. And that's Texas. So, that's a thing. Oh, man. Dude, it's funny. I'm such a dick. I, I, I tolerate the QAnon shit. Because I'm like, well, they're my friends. I've known them for a minute, you know. They believe some, some really stupid shit. But... But I'm more tolerant of that than I am of, of like, really progressive liberal types. <laughs> I don't know. I find it kind of hypocritical of me, because they're both kind of the same thing from the opposite ends of the spectrum. They, they, they both are, are the ones that make both sides look really fucking bad. <sighs> Alright, how long have I just been fucking rambling? 50, yeah, about 15 minutes sounds about fucking right. Let's, uh, let's get back into this.
this absolute fucking hellscape. By the way, by the way, it just this is what I touched on earlier. Do yourself a favor, treat yourself. Go out to the store, any store, uh, like Five Below, whatever. Pick out a nice novelty drink. Not even it doesn't even have to be a novelty drink, really. This goes for for any kind of drink, I guess. Go to the store. A lot of people have that go-to. Just, uh, you know, find a price equivalent. Get an energy drink you never had before. Just try it, you know? You never know. You might find a new favorite. Been, uh, for the last, like, four or five years, I've just kind of been drinking Monster or the Orange NOSs or, like, three different types of Rip It. But, you know, now I've been trying to find, like, sugar-free alternatives and stuff, so I've been, I've been drinking around. Uptime's fucking phenomenal. Uptime, up, uptime is great. It's just way too much fucking money. I'm not spending that kind of money on those unless they're on clearance. But they come up on clearance a lot, uh, surprisingly. Uh, G Fuel's delicious. So just get out there and, and try some different drinks. You know, if it's tea, try a different branded tea for the same price of money. Or same cost as the one you usually get. It's just nice. A little extra variety goes a long way in making your day a little bit more interesting or better. And if you have a drink you, you, you hate, you drink it, you get to have that, that, you know, it sucks, but you get to have that kind of, like, funny, fun reaction of being like, ah, oh, that fucking sucks, really? And you get to spend, like, 20 minutes bitching about it. What's, what's better than that? Just 20 minutes of, like, man, this fucking drink. This is what I get. Every time I try a new fucking thing, uh, I listen to that asshole who gets high and rambles about fucking news articles all fucking day. Told me to get a new fucking drink and it sucked dick. Like a 14-year-old in an Epstein massage parlor. God damn, that's what I get for listening to that fucking stoner piece of journalist garbage. That fucking bootleg Hunter S. Thompson from fucking Dollar General. Fucking asshole. Ugh. Yeah. Who the fuck said you should ever listen to me? I always say that's why I leave the articles in the comments. Read your own articles. I just really don't want to get back into this fucking article, man. It's just darling, but let's go. Quote It looked like a huge man's penis with two heads. I forgot about that. <laughs> Unless he said, also saying that he found back massagers. Maxwell's defense attorney, Laura Minninger, tried to pick apart Jane's account by contrasting her testimony with notes from her early interview with prosecutors. I'm assuming that those are the ones from 2019. It doesn't say immediately what I'm looking at right here, but like previous articles we talked about, there was a government interview with her, with government agents from 2019, that her story 2019 was different than her testimony. But back to the article. Early interview with prosecutors, Alessi did not claim to witness the sexual abuse directly, but he backed up important details of her testimony Um, to... Sorry, my mouse just shut down on me. But he backed up important details of her testimony up to Jane's account of her first meeting with Maxwell. Jane said said that she was a 14-year-old student at Michigan's prestigious interlocan arts camp when Maxwell walking by with a 
quote, cute little Yorkie. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. Maxine's the so Maxwell. Jelaine Maxwell. She has a little Yorkie, a little dog. You think she's ever just like for the fuck of it thought to be like, hey kids, can you help me find my dog? I lost my dog. I gave you a Versace purse and you help me find him. Sorry, sorry. Again, levity. Though Alessi's testimony, the jury learned. Sorry, through Alessi's testimony, the jury learned the Yorkie's name, Max. Oh, good boy, Max. That's the name of the pooch. Weird that. Why do they have to add that? That's kind of. Also, uh, there's a back massager and a little side ad here. I'm not even fucking kidding. Oh, damn, it just went away. If it pops back up, I'll tell you the brand of it. I'm just, I'm reading this article, and then they're advertising a back massager. This is turned to a Moen Sink ad now. But, sorry. That's the name of the pooch that appeared on what Alyssi described as a checklist of his daily task. Check fence for holes where Max can get out. Alessi recalled what he described the dog's terrified reaction when driving him to one of Epstein's planes. Quote, every time, every time it was wheels up, the poor dog shaked like crazy, he testified. Quote, Jane, oh, sorry, I didn't say cool, it's just Jane. Jane testified that she saw Maxwell and other topless or naked by, or naked by the pool. Alessi said he saw, quote, females by the pool hundreds of times. He added that they were topless between 75 to 80% of the time. That's a very specific quote, my man. I, 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 want to, I want to see how you got to those figures. Show your work. But he testified that the females he saw were not completely naked or underage. Oh, plot twist. For the story. Some coming down. On Wednesday, Jane agreed when asked if she remembered a sweet Latin American man working for Epstein and driving her. Uh, yep, okay. Weird. Hold on, there's a. Yeah. Sorry. Working for Epstein and driving her. Alessi, who, sa- who said he is on the cusp of his 72nd birthday, is from Quito, Quito, Ecuador. Alessi recalled driving Jane around. I, I know somebody who's probably listening to this, and they've been to Ecuador. And they're like, that's not how that's fucking pronounced. It just looks like Quito. It has to be pronounced Quito, right? I want to add that to the people who are going to be blowing my phone up. You know my phone's fucking muted right now and it's still lighting up? <sighs> Moving on. Alessi recalled driving Jane around too. And he said that he saw her together with Epstein and Maxwell. But her mother was not present. Asked by the prosecutor if he ever remembers Maxwell Epstein 
and Jane going to the movies, Alessi replied, quote, yes, they went to the movies. Alessi added that Epstein often liked to receive his massages, quote, after the movies. Alessi described Epstein and Maxwell as... as exacting and even degrading taskmasters, making him work between 5 a.m. to as late as 10 p.m. He rattled off a log, quote, checklist of obligations that they allegedly hadn't performed and told a jury that they did not call him by his name. Quote, he called me John. Alyssi said, quote, Mr. Epstein called me John. My name is, my name is Juan, or Juan. Uh, I don't know if you're Mexican or, or if it's, if you're born in America, it's pronounced Juan. Or, uh, yeah, right, Juan. If you're born, if you're from Mexico, it's Juan. Whatever. When Alyssi first identified Maxwell this morning, he appeared to struggle for a moment. Maxwell's face was obscured by a face mask, but she nodded at him in the courtroom as their eyes met. Ooh, sketchy. Quote, I think she was with the black sweater. I think she is with the black sweater, he said correctly. Though her face was obscured by the mask, in accordance with COVID-19 protocols, Maxwell appeared to project warmth toward the witness during the during that identification. Oh, it was not reciprocated. Alessi <laughs> offered only a few flattering words for Maxwell. Quote, she was a pretty girl, Alessi said. Tall brunette. Is tall brunette really considered kind words? Just sort of descriptions. After that, Alessi complained about what, Ma- what he described as the degrading list of tasks Maxwell and Epstein made him do. Better fit for ten men than one and a half staff he's, he had. Sorry, what? Better fit for ten men than the, quote, one and a half staff he had. They also enforce a long list of rules. Quote, see nothing, Alessi said. See nothing is a rule. Alessi said, referring to the rules, quote, say nothing. See nothing, say nothing. See no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. Alessi recalled Maxwell being with Epstein 95% of the time, testimony undercutting that defendant's attempt to distance himself from the deceased sex offender who was convicted of soliciting a minor for prostitution in 2008. Damn, he incriminated himself. You see that? He said that she was with him she, Maxwell was with Epstein 95% of the time. And that testimony undercuts that defendant's attempts to distance himself from the deceased sex offender who was convicted of soliciting a minor for prostitution in 2008. Damn, man, you gotta be careful what you say on the stand. That shit can come back to you, man. In the least of expected ways. Damn. Damn, you snitched on yourself, dog. You straight up played yourself. If convicted on six charges ranging from sex trafficking to violations of the Man Act, and that's uh, that that act is basically it, it refers to the act of transporting children across state borders or 
out of state borders for illicit nefarious purposes specifically. Maxwell can face up to 70 years in prison, effectively a life sentence for the 59-year-old. Her trial is expected to last roughly six weeks. Damn, she's she's 69? I mean, 59? I'm liking that bitch a compliment, so forget what I was about to say. Alessi's testimony adjourned on Tuesday with the end of the prosecution's direct examination, where the witness admitted to having stolen 6300 from Epstein. After leaving the job, Epstein did not press charges. Maxwell's attorneys will question him for cross-examination on Friday. And that brings us to the end of today's upload. Well, again, this morning's upload. There will be a 1 o'clock upload. I have to leave kind of early, so it may be, may be a bit rushed, but it will be worth checking out, I believe. Yeah, this is a massive story. A lot of really big players involved, and the fact that there's really only one place I feel like I can actually trust the news coming out of, it's law and crime. Because, again, they're, they don't have any, they're not, like, you know, corporately backed. For the most part, as far as I know. Everyone else is talking about it is major art, like mainstream articles. And when I read their their reports, it's like the title will be something entirely different than title will be something super hyperbolic and and, uh, and and you know just just grand. And then the actual coverage is lackluster. No growing into any real detail. They just kind of gloss it over. Uh, but these guys here, you know. Adam Classflood, or sorry, uh, Classflood, ah, whatever. I cut my, uh, I cut my tongue. Freaking, uh, it's an energy drink that sucks. But, uh, yeah, good coverage. And, and when there's more updated information on this case, I'll come back and. You know, do an update episode. We'll follow this all the way through. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, weirdly enough, I'm more interested to follow this case through than I am to, than I was to follow the Epstein or uh, the Rittenhouse trial. Uh, they're important for different ways. Uh, this one I, I'm more interested in just because of how many major players there are and how like interconnected all this could possibly be. So this could affect a lot of people if it's a fair trial, if that somehow even possible. So I'm more I'm more tempted to watch this to see which big players could go down, because there could be a lot of people rushing through each other under the bus, or there could really be you know this just be a song and dance. Who knows? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a necessarily a fair trial, but I'm um, you know it's worth following. It's definitely a historic case, and the fact that there's no real mainstream or TV coverage of it goes a long way. I mean, you'll see, like, Tucker Carlson reference it and talk about it, I'm sure. Oh, Greg Guffield, but, you know, they're different than, uh, people clump those two into, like, the normal Fox host, but they actually, I think, I believe they're considered, like, independent contractors. Like, Fox has a contract with them, not them having a contract with Fox. But I don't know for sure. Well, anyway, 
Thank you for listening to Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Masson, and I will uh, I'll catch you guys later. Have a great, have a good rest of your morning. Peace.